Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so again for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Well, first want to say welcome to everybody that's in there. ABQ, welcome aboard. May Wood, is this the live show? Yes, it is the live show. David Roberts, when this is used as a pretense to further gut the bill, remember that 100% of concern about this CBO score is bad faith, not 99%. 100%. When this is used as a pretense to further gut the bill, remember that 100% concern about the CBO is bad faith. So that is what we have got to remember, my brothers and sisters. Anyhow, folks, May Wood seems you're not yet on up on FB. I should be up on FB, but I tell you, in fact, I'm looking at it right now. We are up on FB. Check it out. I think all is okay on the system altogether. Anyhow, AVQ says, critics warn corporate Democrats obsessing over CBO or peddling a right-wing scam. We also have AVQ, a prediction for Friday. We're about to see significant, significant significant what again significant come on corporate democrats screw the needs of the people as corporate interests reign in Nanette bird smith welcome aboard yvette avery herod welcome aboard egberto are you all right your voice seems weak today it's going to be weak today a little bit until my daughter has completed her psych interview and as soon as that's done with the rehab folk i will have that good voice again coming to you full and loud and loud. Nanette Bird-Smith. Hello, everybody. How are you? I tell you what, we're going to start so that I can see when she's done. We're going to start with one particular video and we'll take it on the other side. There are a lot of Republican politicians out there now that are complaining about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is doing all the wrong things. Donald Trump and the party has fallen for Donald Trump and as such we cannot support Donald Trump as such we cannot support the party so we are complaining and we're not running and we're all, all, all of that is true but what Anthony Gonzalez did is deeper uh, I am mostly in favor of what he had to say but also there is one particular issue that proved his ideological problem is actually problematic for the entire country check this out We'll take it on the other side. There are hopefully Republican voters and maybe even some Republican leaders watching you right now. What was your message to them? Two things. One, keep the faith. This country's been through a lot. We've fought through it and, and we've, we've persevered. As much as I despise almost every policy of the Biden administration, the country can survive a round of bad policy. The country can't survive torching the Constitution. We have to hold fast to the Constitution. That needs to be the bedrock upon which we build our party and our movement. Uh, we have to be a party of ideas. We have to be a party of truth. The cold, hard truth is Donald Trump led, led us into a ditch on January 6th. The former president lied to us. He lied to every one of us. And in doing so, he cost us the House, the Senate, and the White House. I see fundamentally a, a person who shouldn't be able to hold office again because of what he did around January 6th. But I also see somebody who's an enormous political loser. And I don't know why anybody who wants to win elections going forward would follow that. I simply, like, I don't get it ethically. I certainly don't get it politically. Neither of them make sense. If he's the nominee again in 24, I will do everything I personally can to make sure he doesn't win. 
Now, I'm not voting for Democrats. Whether that's find a viable third party or whether that's trying to defeat them in primaries, whatever it is, um, that's going to be where I'll spend my time. Because you're worried about what he'll do to democracy? Yeah, I don't trust him. January 6th was the line that can't be crossed. January 6th was an unconstitutional attempt led by the President of the United States to overturn an, an American election and reinstall himself in power illegitimately. That's fallen nation territory. That's third world country territory. My family left Cuba to avoid that fate. I will not let it happen here. Can I stop him? I have no idea. But I believe as a citizen of this country who loves this country and respects the Constitution, that's my responsibility. Okay, this man got mostly everything right. But let me first touch on the ideological disease that he has. The fact that he says, I cannot vote for a Democrat, knowingly, or rather knowing, that not voting for the Democrat or trying to create a third party at this point in time, or trying to uh, vote for an independent, in effect, will cause the election of that Republican more so than not. That is a, an, an almost constitu that's an almost a fact. In several instances, because of the seven-point nature for, for us to win, for Democrats to win the Congress, they have to outperform Republicans because of gerrymandering by 7%. So this congressman, if he really is a patriot, if he really cares about his country, he would bite his tongue and say, for this instance, given that I have stated that even if it's a policy I don't agree with, we can get over policy. We cannot get over uh, tre treachery, a traitor. We cannot get away with traitors of the country, which Donald Trump and the Republican Party has become. He has, he has stated the Republican Party no longer stands for truth. He has stated that the Republican Party no longer has ideas. He has stated that Donald Trump has driven the Republican Party into a ditch. He has, told, he has stated that Donald Trump is a loser. All of these things are true that he stated. But when it comes to the conclusion of how to ensure that we have a constitutional government after he has already stated that Donald Trump operates unconstitutionally, implying as well that his followers, the Republican Party, uh, responds unconstitutionally in the country. It dictates that he doesn't play any games. It dictates that he does what's necessary to save the country. And in this current point in our history, there's only one party, one vote that the masses will support that will prevent the tyranny, that would prevent us from going into that fascist dictatorial state. And that is one has to vote not Republican at all, but vote for those who will do right at this point in time, the Democratic Party. That's just how it is. Absolutely. So that is exactly how it is. Anybody who wants to discuss whether what I said is accurate or not, I am more than happy to discuss that in detail. Let's see. ABQ says, the biggest problem with Build Back Better is that Democrats took out the tax, the rich provisions, which would have fully paid for, that is true. Um, in other words, we're going to get a CBO report. We are going to get a CBO report that goes ahead and says, more than likely, the bill is not paid for. And the reason the bill is not going to be paid for isn't that the progressive wing didn't want to have the bill paid for. The reason it's going to say bill not paid for is simply because 
we decided that we did not want the rich. We decided that the rich wouldn't have to pay their fair share. Let's remember that. That's the only and absolutely only reason that we're talking about that. Anyhow, folks, um, we have another video that we need to that, that I need to play here, and this one has to do is the title of the show today, of course, is all about our economic system and how we have to be empowered within this system to take it over. What I want to do is I want to play you a piece from Larry uh, Larry Summers, what he had to say with Farid Zakaria, and we'll take it on the other side. Larry Summers' support for Build Back Better after really hitting the rescue plan pretty hard is probative, it's important, but it also shows a value issue that I take exception with him about. Let's listen to what he had to say, and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. Reversing inflation is a top priority of his. This came after the Bureau of Labor Statistics Wednesday announcement that consumer prices were up 6.2% over the prior year. That is the biggest increase since November 1990, more than 30 years ago. My next guest has long been warning about the inflation risk in America today. Larry, you've heard Janet Yellen, the White House, uh, all say that they're still not convinced that they have an inflation problem. It's temporary. How do you respond? They forecast that inflation would be 2% this year in the president's budget. It's three times that. They said in the summertime, after they'd been initially wrong, that inflation would be back to normal by the end of the year. And they said early in the fall that inflation would subside early next year. Now they're saying that it's going to subside in the second half of next year. Sooner or later, I'm sure it will subside. But my judgment is, given the inflation momentum that has built up, that it's going to take some significant policy adjustment or uh, some unfortunate accident that slows the economy before inflation gets back to uh, the 2% range. What do you mean when you say a kind of dramatic, significant policy action? Are you thinking of something sort of like what Paul Volcker had to do uh, to break the back of inflation in the early 1980s? not talking about the kind of interest rates that Paul Volcker engineered, but we are talking about a more aggressive approach to monetary policy than the Fed is now talking about. You know, there's a lesson for Reed from the experience of the 1970s, which is the difference between higher and lower unemployment. It's two or three percent of the people being unemployed. The difference between higher and lower inflation is a hundred percent of the people feeling they're being robbed of purchasing power by higher prices. Now, I can explain, and I do in my economics classes, that higher prices mean higher wages, so the two go together, so it doesn't have that big an effect on people's standard of living. But that's not how most people think about it. I think inflation had a lot to do with electing uh, Richard Nixon. I think it had a lot to do with electing Ronald Reagan. I think for many people, inflation is a test of whether the country's under control. I think it's therefore very important for an administration like President Biden's for a Fed, like Chairman Powell's, that want to project a sense of competent control to be addressing the inflation issue. Explain to us, if you are right, why is it that inflation is rearing its head now? For the last 30 years, everyone who has predicted high inflation has been wrong. 
Uh, and you yourself you used to write just about a year or two ago about how the basics, what you call the secular trend in the economy, was uh, stagnation, was low growth, not likely to trigger inflation. What change? What what happened to change your mind? So I've never projected inflation any time in the last thirty years. What changed my mind was that this year we had a fiscal stimulus program equal to fifteen percent, fourteen to fifteen percent of GDP in an economy that was only a couple percent short of its capacity. And so, if you inject that much demand with that little a capacity margin, it figures you're going to get inflation. And the only time we did anything like it was during World War II or during the Korean War when we got inflation. Your biggest concern was about that massive COVID relief bill. Do you share the same concern about the infrastructure bill and the and the other bill that might uh, go through Congress? I don't, Fareed. I, I would change those bills, but If I had to vote up or down on them, I would vote up. There are two big differences. First, those bills spend less over the next 10 years than the massive 2021 bill uh, spent over one year. Second, those bills, unlike the 2021 bill, have tax increases that cover the expenditures and in addition include significant public investments that will raise the potential of the economy to produce more, which will lead to further uh, tax revenue. So it's a completely different picture. So in a sense, you're saying the mistake was made by spending that $2 trillion. That's the mistake that has to be remedied. Um, You're not advocating voting down these two bills. No, I think it would it would compound the error we made last spring when we supported much too much money giving away. If now we rejected investments in expanding the economy's capacity, it would compound the error we've already made if we were to vote down this bill. Much better to fight inflation by supporting a strong and independent Fed doing what it needs to do. I tell you what, I tell you what, these neoliberal economists drive me crazy. At least he comes out and he says, let's go ahead and pass the bill because it's going to, what it'll do is increase the, uh, the, the tax base, etc., 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 on the backs of the regular man, of course, regular person, of course. But here's what gets me. There are three things that gets me. First of all, he comes and he starts and he says how wrong the administration was because they projected the wrong inflation rate, which is true, right? But why did they project the wrong inflation rate? Because of thievery because of greed they didn't expect that the gas oil companies and all these guys were going to rip america off which is what they're doing there is no shortage there is absolutely no shortage of petroleum which by having this false shortage of petroleum it's increasing the price of everything else there is the the problem with the supply chain Whose fault is that? It's the private sector. That has nothing to do with supporting the, 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 the rescue plan that America needed. America needed a humongous rescue plan because everybody was shut down out of work and we had to replace that. In fact, if you take a look at how much that rescue plan is worth, if the economy had not uh, catered in the first place, what you would have found out is that you would have had only 50 billion or so more money in the economy. Now let's take this a little bit further because uh, it is so important that we take this further. 
Uh, notice that this economist was really ready to sacrifice the average American citizen. What did they say? Oh, uh, if we don't give the stimulus, only we, we have a difference between 3 and 4% in, in unemployment. But if we go ahead and give them that, otherwise what we get is not a 4% inflation, but everybody pays a little bit more for their products. But we have to be consistent. If everybody, he also says he teaches in his class that that increase in cost to everybody else is not probate, it's not important because everybody's wages go up and therefore what happens is it's it's a false belief that this sorry, this small amount of inflation would change things. In other words, let's sacrifice the three or four percent of people so that people would not believe that things are costing more instead of educating the people to let them know there is no reason to be concerned. Educate the people as opposed to playing into their fears, which is what neoliberals and conservatives do all of the time. But most importantly, folks, most importantly, we have to understand where the problem lies. The problem lies in the basis of the economic system that is consists of greed and greed and greed. We constantly we never penalize those who take away. We never take care of those who are the ones who create, who make this society. What we do is we go ahead and penalize the average person and we let those on the top that continue to do their things roam free. Great folks, let me tell you what I'm gonna do is I'm going to answer all the questions and discuss everything that you guys have put into the chat We'll talk about that after the last video because they're all encompassing on the economy and then we'll have more time to go through this in detail. So let's go with the third video and then we'll move on from there. Larry Summers support for Build Back Better after really hitting the rescue plan pretty hard. It's probative, it's important, but it also shows a value issue that I take exception with him about. Let's listen to what he had to say and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. Reversing inflation is a top priority of his. This came after the Bureau of Labor Statistics Wednesday announcement that consumer prices were up 6.2% over the prior year. That is the biggest increase since November 1990, more than 30 years ago. My next guest has long been warning about the inflation risk in America today. Larry, you've heard Janet Yellen, the White House, uh, all say that they're still not convinced that they have an inflation problem. It's temporary. How do you respond? They forecast that inflation would be 2% this year in the president's budget. It's three times that. They said in the summertime, after they'd been initially wrong, that inflation would be back to normal by the end of the year. And they said early in the fall that inflation would subside early next year. Now they're saying that it's going to subside in the second half of next year. Sooner or later, I'm sure it will subside. But my judgment is, given the inflation momentum that has built up, that it's going to take some significant policy adjustment or uh, some unfortunate accident that slows the economy before inflation gets back to uh, the 2% range. What do you mean when you say a kind of dramatic, significant policy action? Are you thinking of something sort of like what Paul Volcker had to do uh, to break the back of inflation in the early 1980s? not talking about... We constantly hear about supply chain, supply chain, the supply chain is all screwed up and somehow Biden needs to do something about it. Democrats need to do something about it. It's their mismanagement that's causing the problem. You know, inflation is starting to go up and 
It's because of the supply chain and inflation is because of what Biden is doing. Look, here are some statements of fact. Inflation is not being caused neither, well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and play the supply chain, uh, uh, some, some inserts, some clips from the supply chain issue that, that actually played on 60 Minutes, which I thought was quite well done. And it points out that this has nothing to do with the government. And then we'll go into a little bit deeper into the supply chain issue. And not only the supply chain issue, but also the inflation issue. I think it is very important for us to understand this. Check this out. 60 Minutes did an important piece. I'm going to put the screen up right now. Uh, that, that points out exactly what I've been saying for quite a while. The real supply chain problem has very little to do with the government. It's, uh, there, there's a line that I want to read out of the interview that I think is very, very important. And what it says here is, uh, Bill Whitaker says, the truckers blame the terminals, the terminals blame the shippers, the retailers blame the truckers and the shippers. How do you get that contentious group to sit at the table, stop pointing fingers and actually clear out the backlog? And of course, uh, Gene Sirocco, one of the port managers says, that's been the toughest part. It cannot, they cannot actually get it done. Singapore and all these other countries have invested in infrastructure to solve these types of problems. Uh, the store shelf, the people who are profiting the most are those shippers who can now charge for storage, those shippers who are charging for just about everything that the delay has caused, that the private sector has caused with these delays. So the store owner, that little store owner, he is paying for this delay. That uh, that when you are if that little mail order business that you have, you are paying for it. It is yet another method of extraction. The supply chain, as, as shown in this particular 60-minute report, shows exactly that it has very little to do with government. It has everything to do with the private sector. It has everything to do with a few within the private sector deciding that they can take this opportunity right now for their own failures to make money on their failures. Look, it is important that we note something here. Notice what they said. The shippers are blaming the truckers. The truckers are blaming the shippers. The shippers are blaming the warehouse holders. The retailers are... Look, it's all a fight between private sectors, right? Different parts of the private sector. Has nothing to do with government. On, but the overarching argument that th that's been placed by the plutocracy here is anytime there's an issue that affects the people at large, blame the government. Why do you want to do that? Because they don't want you to see the failure that is the private sector. That the private sector is a profiteering agency that without controls continue to eat the little continue to eat those without price and control so let's get let let's get it clear here one they attempt to say it's this great stimulus that we put into the system that created the problem the stimulus is responsible for nothing more than 0.4 percent of increased expenditures in other words absent the stimulus we are just over by 0.4 percent how much the entire amount of money we would have spent glow, I mean, uh, in the country. Therefore, at best, 
increased inflation could only be attributed for 4%. But let, let's back, back step from there. Inflation isn't this magical thing. There's this mythical market everybody likes to talk about that if we put something in here that somehow it automatically prices rise. That is a false, complete economic uh, analogy. The reality is you only get price. Prices can only increase if there are more people wanting a product or a service than there is availability. So when you saw the pricing peak in oil, it was a racket. How do we know that? The price of a barrel of oil has dropped, but if you look at the gasoline prices, they're still rising. But better, Saudi Arabia, here in the United States, Venezuela, and all these places have more capacity. If supposedly we wanted more oil, there is no shortage of oil. The tomatoes in the field, the corn in the field, the soybean in the field, these things that are used to make oil, these things that are used to make all the products that we use, the immediate products that are going up in prices, the eggs that we buy are local. Has nothing to do with the supply chain. And also, the pricing power from them have come from the pricing power from their supplier, from their supplier, from their supplier. It is a racket. It is, it is a group of plutocrats seeing an opportunity to rip us off and at the same time say it's government. Well, I am here to point out the reality. Government does not have anything to do with it. The stimulus within the government uh, that, that was given to the American people replaced income that otherwise would have been made that was not made by 0.4% increase. Now, let's get a little deeper as far as why they would like to do this, right? They want no government regulation, right? They don't want The private sector doesn't want government regulation. But when they screw up, which they constantly do, let's look at 2008 when we have the market crashes, when we had derivative swaps that completely destroyed the world's economy. Government came to their rescue. When it comes to creating products for drugs, etc., the universities create the products and then these people take it and then they sock it to you because you pay for it in taxes to develop it. You pay for it as they market it. You pay for it. They, the private sector, again, screws us to no end. And we then have supply chain issues. The private sector, again, says, well, we don't have enough supply because they're all sitting in Long Beach Harbor on a ship. So therefore, the supplies that are already in the stores, we just raise the prices of those because we can. They have price and power. Another failure of the public sector because they don't want government interference. Now think about this. If we had government regulation that said just-in-time inventory will be penalized as opposed to making sure that you are forced to have a certain amount of inventory. If we did all these things, if government had an equal playing field for all businesses to keep the comfort of the, of the masses. In other words, if we did the things to make sure that these shortages didn't occur by forcing a particular company methodology in the way things are done, they'll say, oh, government interference, because it will reduce on the profits the profiteers would make. But we could do that. We could have government institute policies that everybody would have to play by which means nobody would have a competitive advantage that then allows us to have a comfortable life without any real inflation there's this mythical market that people talk about the market will dictate is false there ain't no market 
The market is false. The market is something that's mandated by a few at the top that decide how it will operate. And to think that this mythical market is free for those who all want to participate is the biggest lie that has been told to every particular person that believes in this economic system. And until we get the knowledge within us to understand that it's a racket, we will continue to pay the ups and down where a certain group of people, whether we go up or we go down, they profit. Notice how Amazon profited from the pandemic and Amazon profited before the pandemic. These big corporations profited after the pandemic, during the pandemic, and before the pandemic. You know why? Because there ain't no market. They control the economic flow. Understand it, and then you'll understand what drives this system. I, I don't know how best to, 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 to point that out over and over again. There is no market. Everybody always thought that let the market dictate, supply and demand, all of that crap. There is no real free market. Now, I believe in free enterprise, but you have to understand, first of all, the market as they teach it in business school does not exist. Business school is there to indoctrinate your behavior in how things work. All right, look, we are at that point in the, in the show where I, I go ahead and say, folks, please, please, and I, I'll come to your questions and statements in a minute, but we are past the half hour mark. And what I want to do is tell folks, if you are on YouTube, if you are on YouTube, please go ahead and hit that join button. Please become a part of our PDR Posse. Become a part of supporting the truth. And by the way, everything that I say, you can actually validate, verify, and make sure whether it is true what I'm saying. It is so, so, so important that you validate what I'm saying so that going forward we can have all these discussions together. So please go ahead and click that join button. Uh, you can also, if you don't have a join button, if you're on Facebook or any other platform, go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, we also need Patreons called P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. And we love PayPal. We don't like the owner of PayPal. We don't like the folks who run PayPal because there are some issues there, but we still collect from PayPal. Go ahead and you can support us at politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Please consider getting our books. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom, how to make America utopia, get how to get um, the America from the rigged, the rigged people. And we also have It's Worth It, how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. These books, I promise you, you will get quite a bit out of them. So consider getting our book at at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Again, that is politicsdoneright.com slash books. We could not at all, folks, do this without you. Uh, by the way, uh, you, you know, it's getting cold now. Get a hoodie from us. Go to our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, politicsdoneright.com slash store. And let's see what else, what else, what else, what else, what else do I want to tell you? The catch all for our support catch all for our support. In other words, if you want to know what are all the methods that you can do to support politics done right to ensure that America gets real information and not the canned information that we constantly get. And we, re you know, we repeat these up and down cycles. People get poor, people get out of poverty, people lose their jobs. 
All of that is unnecessary in an humane economic system. Why do we tolerate this? Why? Why do we tolerate this when we don't have to? We could have a humane economic system that works, but we have, we have enthralled ourselves into a system that somebody told us it's the way it has to work. And we decided to believe it. Folks, it doesn't have to work that way at all. Okay, let's go ahead and start talking to our great people on the screen. We have Faravet, uh, Faravet, let me see where I need to start. Got to scroll all the way up because as you know, the reason, you know, somebody said, Egberto, why is your voice sort of tame today? And you notice it's back now. Well, my daughter was actually doing a, a, an interview with uh, one of her techs, uh, the, the, you know, people who, technicians, not technicians, but you know, therapists, therapists, therapists. Anyway, so let's get busy and talk to my people. Tom C says, here's someone talking in the background. That was my daughter here talking in the background. Is Equan background gone now? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And Annette Bird Smith says, Eric Hayes, what debt do you think carried over from previous administration? The previous administration was reckless. They collected no taxes as they charged more. Folks, if you want to make sure that we also get fired up, click that up button, that thumbs up button. Please, let's get busy. Eric Hayes says, um, it has both things happening now the constitution and the country are under attack no the the your the people that are advising you needs you to believe that the country is under attack if you decide that you want to believe it then shame on you if you want to believe the lies that they are being told i can't help you there by brother eric hayes the country is not under attack you are being snowed please tell me what is egberto doing to you to put you under attack i don't think he's doing anything Anyhow, continuing, let's continue, let's continue. Nanette Birdsmith says, Politics and right with Egberto Willis. Yes, I love you, Nanette Birdsmith. Okay, para ver que más tenemos aquí, IVQ says, Figuring out how to finance the legislation had been one of the most aspects, uh, theranious aspects of negotiating the bill. After Republicans ruled out raising taxes and beefing up IRS enforcement of tax cheats. It's amazing, right? They always talk about law and order, law and order law and order so why don't you support people paying their own their taxes in that a part of law and order okay let's see what else we got here abq says uh hey eric hayes from your article figuring out how to finance the legislation had been one of, oh that we, we said that okay we, we we need to go now to paravet paravet abq says the biggest problem with build back better democrats took out the tax rich provision which would have fully paid for it all. Exactly. Now, uh, you know, I found the article that you're talking about. It, it, the, the, the carried interest is still around. The carried interest, can you believe it? It's still around. Makes no sense whatsoever that we carried it. They can now write off their jets and all of that good stuff. We got to get rid of that. But you know what? We need progressives to take control. Tom C says, Echo is gone. Thank you, Tom. Bruce says, cut defense by 20%. Bruce we could cut defense by 50%. We don't need it. We don't need it. We have enough bombs to blow this world up several times over. Eric Hayes says, they lied and keep on doing it in all narrative. Oh, no, I think the liars are the ones we know who are the liars. The liars generally come from the right. Look, all of these neoliberals lie. And by the way, neoliberals is not a Republican or a Democratic thing. Neoliberal is a fascist thing that I believe parts of both parties are privy to it. Peggy Lopez says, hi all. AVQ says, Bruce Pollard and could cut defense spending by 50. Oh, you agreed with me. 
50% and still be spending more than Russia and China combined. That is how much we spend on defense. You're absolutely right, A.V. Hughes says. What's the primary cause of inflation right now? The pandemic straining supply lines, which uh, have caused supply shortfalls. Simply economics when there is not enough supply. But yes, it's also, however, a false supply fraud. Uh, Saudi Arabia purposefully turned down the spigots. A lot of these different companies turned down the spigots. You have to remember there was a time that they had to pay people to take the oil off of the ships. So the oil had a negative value. Now they want to recoup all that they lost uh, for their failure to anticipate what the market dictates, right? That's what it's all about. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Please remember to thumbs up. That's me speaking there. Uh, did the oligarchs cause this to disgrace the Democrats? Um, yes. Bruce, yes. There's no doubt. Like I said, there is really no shortage. What they want to do is make people believe that if you start to have a so, so good social policies and higher taxes, that somehow you're going to create inflation. All we need to do is send them to Scandinavia. These people have basic income and a lot of these other things that allow a humane way of living in their societies. We are the only, look, we are the only country where we are so rich and yet so many are so poor and so many have to work their brains off, their hands off, work to the Till they bleed. That's a medica for you. Alright, let's see. And you know what? It's so funny because we are so used to it. We're so used to it that it's not a surprise and we can't believe there's anything better. But poor folks, there's a hell of a lot better. Peggy Lopez says, in the 1970s, higher prices meant higher wages. In 2021, higher prices means greater profits for the rich and powerful. Exactly. You can take a look at the curve. There's this curve that shows you uh, where our wages are stagnated and the reason people have had over the several years the ability to buy more had more to do with the extension of credit and the extension of credit came with another problem, right? You got credit, you paid it off, a lot of it was, it was uh, collateralized, so what is one of the most famous collateralized forms of credit right now that nobody talks about? Reverse mortgages! So no longer do you leave your home for your kid because you are going to suck it. You are going to be sucked dry with a reverse mortgage. Folks, you have to understand the economic system is designed to move everything away from you. It's not, it's not an accident. It's by design. We continue to eat and eat and eat and eat. Okay, yep, neoliberal economists drive me crazy too. Oh, so somebody else believes it as well. All right, Eric Hayes, because of what isn't being done and the overspending. Okay, please tell me what are we overspending on, Eric? Did you complain about overspending when carried interest was implemented? Did you complain about any of that? I kind of doubt it. And one of the reasons I kind of doubt it is because you, the, the, the way that you're thinking shows that you have, my friend, I, I love you, but you have little acknowledgement or little understanding of true economics. The things that you constantly say and you regurgitate over and over again shows a simplistic view of what an economic system looks like. And what we're doing here at Politics Done Right is making an attempt that all of us together understand how the system really works. But if you are, if you are, if you are resistant, if you are resistant to be educated and you are absolved to to, to, to learn from those who would continue to mislead you, what can those of us who know the truth do? We can just tell you, Darwin, 
That's all we can say. Darwin. You will pay the price. Darwin. That's what it's going to be. Anyhow, continuing the conversation. Linda Jo Kissinger says, Hola todos. Hi everyone is what she says. Eric Hayes, if there is a shortage of, of oil, why is Biden blaming OPEC when it was policy decisions to limit the... You, no, 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 no. There's no policy decision that limits the importation of oil per se. We, we got a short... I mean, we, if we need oil and there's oil on the market, we'll buy it at the price. The problem is the oil market is a cartel. I hope you understand what a cartel is. It's a cartel. There's nothing market-based about how oil is distributed because they decide how much oil they are going to pump, not how much oil is available. When there are tomatoes in the field, the farmer gets, picks all his tomatoes and he puts it onto the market. And based on how many tomatoes are there, if he needs to get rid of tomatoes, the easiest way to get rid of tomatoes is to drop the price of the tomato and more people will say, ah, look how cheap those tomatoes are. We're going to buy more. Same thing with oil. If oil is cheap, a lot more people start to use it. As the price goes up, people start using less of it. But here's a kicker. There is a curve. There's a sweet spot where the profiteer makes more money with a price increase than to just have more supply. Now, in the case of oil, I'm happy for that, right? I'm happy. I would love them to make oil $10 a gallon. I mean, gasoline, $10 a gallon. Then we'll move towards electrical energy, uh, electric cars, and these other forms of energy quicker. So, but that's another subject. We're not going to go there. Uh, let's see. Eric Hayes, the U.S. has a crude surplus, but gasoline prices are still going up. We've become a third world nation in this regard. We are reported, we are exporting raw material for others to process and resell it back to us. And the reason why is the people who profit from that is the plutocrats. Because they can spend more, less money at the refinery in, in Bangladesh or wherever than they spend in the refinery here in the States. And even transportation costs included makes it cheaper because slave labor is always going to be cheaper. Now, I don't have any specifics on, on processing of oil on that. So that, that, uh, that was just a general statement right there. All right, let's see. Peggy Lopez says, as a retired long-haul truck driver, I can tell you that the manufacturers and the brick-and-mortar sellers coordinated the just-in-time delivery to limit the storage in the stores to keep just-in-time. Exactly, exactly right. But what does that do? If there's a supply hiccup, you're in trouble. And that's exactly where we're at right now. E2247, welcome aboard. Equal pay for equal work. Agreed. Equal opportunity for equal work. Agreed as well. What else have we got here from brother E2247? Broken keyboard. Sorry, four letters appeared. <laughs> All right. Tom C says, pandemic caused consumer demand to contract in 2020. Improvement due to making vac to, to, uh, masking vaccine in 2021. Release, uh, release point up pent up demand. Uh, causing supply chain backups and inflation, the cost of economic recovery. Ex Look, that is true. But you know what else is true? That these guys should have anticipated that as, the as, as we got out of a pandemic, that we, the supply chain would have had to be boosted. But they do not, again, we don't have, they are the ones who failed in forecasting. And then they want to put the blame on the government. No, they failed at forecasting. 
Boom-bust cycles are intrinsic to this form of capitalism. Back when there was market controls, we had 50 years without a single burst. You know, and that is what's so amazing, right? We should never have a boom-bust cycle because it is saying we are allowing a certain amount of distress to society. Why do that just to keep a few people rich? It's not worth it. Eric Hayes, bankrupt the country better? A country like the United States cannot go bankrupt. We have sovereign currency. We could not possibly, as a country, go bankrupt. The only way we go bankrupt is if the plutocrats are the ones who own everything, and then they sell it all to the government, and then you can talk about a government bankruptcy. But if we turn it around, we flip it, where we the people are really in control, it is abjectly impossible possible for a government like the United States with sovereign currency to go bankrupt. It's just impossible. And anyone who understands true economics understand why that statement that I just made was an absolute statement. Eric Hayes says, right economy is simple, uh, able to afford things, uh, bro, that is pretty freaking simple. Um, again, it is clearly that if you think the government budget is similar to a person's budget, again, uh, may I suggest we take an economic class, okay? Uh, we are paying the price at pump, grocery, etc. There you go, Eric. Again, uh, you, know, you know, there are some people that are resistant to insulin, right? Uh, it's an it's a autoimmune disease. Doesn't matter how much insulin you throw into them, right? Your body just can't take it. Your body just can't take it. So folks, don't be resistant to learning. I, I tell you what, I listen to, when I'm doing these programs, right? I have learned a lot as well from many of you. It is amazing. And I trust that many have learned from our podcasts as well. Because that's our goal, education. Not allowing the plutocrats to fool us like they fooled the Eric Hayes of the world, etc. So, um, what I ask of all of you is, first of all, share our programs. And, and the reason why, even, even people that come, even some of the, the ones that, like Eric Hayes, who come in and, and uh, spew the misinformation that he learned from the right, that is helpful because if Eric Hayes and others believe that, that means there are a lot of other Americans who do. And we can, with our narrative, with what we're talking about here, make a difference, which is what we're doing, making a difference. We make a difference because, again, while Eric Hayes may be resistant to learning because he has bought into, without understanding his intrinsic prejudice to adapting the right ideology, it will be evident that that form of thinking has no basis in fact. That sort of thinking just shows a distinct shallowness that's irredeemable. But anyhow, Norman Reynolds says, resistance of real information is easy if you have a vested interest in not changing your mind. The funny thing about it, Norman, is while that is true, is if you have a vested interest in not, uh, in not changing your mind, that is a loaded statement. 
because here's the problem. Most of the people who exhibit the behavior that Eric is exhibiting are those who need government and the government services the most. Let's look at West Virginia. West Virginia voted for Donald Trump in by 30, 40, 50 points. And he screws them to kingdom come. They cut the tops of the mountains and they allow mercury into the water. They allow ash into the water. It pollutes it. It kills these people at a higher rate than anywhere else. These people are poorer than anybody else. Red states depend more on the government than anybody else. Red states are sicker. Red states are fatter. Red states are... You name the disease, red states are doing much worse. States run by by Republicans. They're doing much worse. It's a cal- you can you can look it up. You don't have to ask, look it up. They're doing terribly with respect to other states. But people may say, well, they have a vested interest in keeping it that way. When you see that guy without teeth in Appalachia who cannot chew his food and because he cannot chew his food, he cannot be well fed. What's the deal there? Senator Chuck Schumer, Majority Leader, end U.S. support for the war in Yemen. That's true. Tom C. says, TV celebrities promoting reverse mortgages and Medicare Advantage plans are shameless promoters of programs that steal dollars from the poor and sick for the benefit of billionaires and rich corporations. You know, we've talked about reverse mortgages and we've talked also about uh, Medicare Advantage. Both are things that people should run from. Now, if you happen to have had a reverse mortgage, all I can tell you is, as soon as you are financially able, uh, start mitigating that so that you can leave something for your offspring. Because that is the only way one builds wealth. Um, so please, folks, let, let's, let's, let's share these programs first of all. Please give us an uptick on, on YouTube. Please give us a like on Facebook. Make sure that these things uh, get the proper amount of views that they should over time. So folks, um, one more time, please remember if you are on YouTube, click that join button. Become a part of the PDR Posse. Uh, If you don't see that join button, you can also go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Let me get to that screen to put that in there because, you know, I'm working with a lot of screen. politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Click on that link to become a part of our PDR Posse. Alternatively, you can also become a Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That is politicsdoneright.com slash patron politicsandright.com slash patron you can also support us at where is my youtube did i lose some things here i believe uh you can also support us at paypal politicsandright.com slash paypal politicsandright.com slash paypal visit our store and get one of our hoodies with the politics and right logo on it politicsandright.com slash store politicsandright.com slash store or go to our uh, books, get one of our books, or all three of our books, I guarantee you that you've learned quite a bit from it, politicsandright.com slash books. Where is it? There we go, politicsandright.com slash books, and the all-encompass support for the program is at politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. Look, folks, we're getting close to the end of the program. If you have any questions before I go, you have two minutes to put it into the chat. 
so that I can say, hey, this is what we're talking about. But in the meantime, here we go. Tom C says, breaking news. After admitting to taking horse dewormer in vectin for uh, in for COVID-19, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers says he wants to be traded to either the Colts or the Broncos. Yeah, get the hell out of there. Uh, E2247 says, we want all our members of Congress to publicly oppose this reckless spending, much of which will end up in the hands of weapons manufacturers. That's for the defense. Yes, Norman Reynolds says, the deplorable condition of their GOP, uh, con their GOP condition is a willingness to, fool, to feel pain and die for the cause. While not changing their minds, they will take the infidel educated with them. That is so true. That is so true. But you know what? Enough are starting to see the light that in the long run will be fine. The question is, can we do this pretty damn close? It was a joke, Egberto. Tom C. I know it was a joke. I know from E2247 where he says, oppose everything. Yes, yes, yes. I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Tom C. You mean your statement about Green Bay Packers quarterback want to be traded was a... Ah, oh, I missed that one. I missed that joke, Tom C. Don't do that to me, my friend. I'm kidding, bro. You know, you know, you know how it goes. Roberto Lewis says, great show. Saludos. Politics done right. Anybody else that I need to call out? You got one minute to, to throw something into the feed, whether it be Facebook, Twitch, uh, YouTube, or whatever. You throw something else into the feed, and I will read it immediately. So go ahead. Tienen un minuto. Tienen un minuto para poner algo en el feed. I don't know what feed is in Spanish. I don't even know if we ever learned that word. When I left Panama, there wasn't anything like, you have a news feed. So, what would the news feed be in Spanish? I don't know. Hey, Roberto, ¿qué es news feed in Spanish? Look, you know, we have a lot of Spanish speakers here. Or Norman Reynolds, what is news feed in Spanish? You're learning Spanish, Norman. You should know that. Anyhow, folks, we got to get out of here. Uh, Egberto and Ashley, good evening, you kids. Thank you so kindly, my brother. Uh, let's see. Any, one, 30 seconds left. 30 segundos. All right, 20 seconds. All right, we got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And June Littler, good economics less today. Thank you very much for enjoying the show today, June Littler. Thank you. Please return. Please remember to share. Please remember to to thumbs up the show and we'll continue with this my name is Egberto oh there we go Linda Joe Kissinger says thanks Egberto alright we're going to close it down my name is Egberto Willis this is Politics and Right and you guys know how I end this baby I am what out we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.